Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, Real Presence Radio Landers out there. Welcome to today's installment of Real Presence Live, your Hosts today are myself, Jack Canelli, and my lovely, talented, beautiful. Um, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> lunch. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, Doreen, and, and we're happy to be with you. We've got a wonderful lineup for you today. But uh, as we do before all of the programs, we will start with a prayer. And uh, today's prayer, we've. Uh, We've chosen the preface for today's Mass, which is the preface of the Apostles, today being the Feast of St. Bartholomew, also known as Nathaniel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you, Eternal Shepherd, do not desert your flock, But through the blessed apostles, watch over it and protect it always, so that it may be governed by those you have appointed shepherds to lead it in the name of your Son. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory without end. Amen. Amen. Okay, and St. Thomas More. Pray for us. And we will be talking about St. Thomas More for just uh, shortly, but first of all, uh, I know when Doreen and I are on that uh, a lot of you out there anxiously await Doreen's first installment of her hilarious jokes. And uh, anyway, go ahead. Right, Why this, don't you just take it away? This weekend, we were in Bismarck visiting our grandchildren and our son and daughter-in-law. And one of our granddaughters, Franny, gave me this joke. So I'm going to ask it to our first guests and see if you can get the answer. Why didn't... The chicken crossed the road. I'm not sure. Chick-fil-A was on the other side. <laughs> Pretty good. There, there you have well it, done, listeners. Yes, the lead into the program yeah. said we were live, local, and engaging, but we're also hilarious. Right? Okay. Well. <laughs> anyway, it's a beautiful day in Fargo, a little bit overcast, almost feels like it's going to rain, but this is the kind of weather that gets me excited about the coming of fall. Doreen does not necessarily agree with me on that, but fall is my favorite time of the year, so when August rolls around, even though it's been rolling around here for some time, I get excited. And also part of it is it gets cooler during the day and as well as at in the night. So anyway, I hope it's a beautiful day. Well, it is a beautiful day wherever you are, notwithstanding the uh, the weather. So, and once fall is in full swing, I like fall. I just don't like to see the end of summer. Right. Yes. Well, Doreen has something to look forward to this fall. She's starting. She's teaching art one day a year at. One day a week at the relocated Saint or the the relocated Holy Spirit School in Fargo, which is 
working out of the old St. Mary's School. Yes, it is so darling, and I'm very, very excited. Monday is my first day. Okay. Well, let's get on with our first guest, who has traveled here all the way from Grand Forks, North Dakota. And he's no stranger to this program because he and his wife were on before, but he's here in a different capacity this time. He's he's going solo, and uh, it's uh, Michael McGinnis, and he's the former dean of the law school. Now a, uh, you're teaching, you, uh, you mentioned uh, professional responsibility. Mm-hmm. I am also teaching advanced legal ethics, which I'll talk about a little bit in connection with St. Thomas More um, in a few moments, but um, also a conflict of laws course, so I'm He's getting my way back in after several years as the dean. Okay, well, we're glad you're we're glad you're here. And uh, why are you here? What do you? <laughs> well, thank you, Jack and Doreen, for having me on. It's a delight to see to see you and and to be here to talk um, about what we have going on with St. Thomas More and a retreat uh, that's coming up in September, sponsored by the Diocese of Fargo. But I'll first tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, as you mentioned, um, I was the dean of the law school for three years, uh, just completed my term, and I'm excited to be back teaching full-time and, and doing scholarship and working on great projects like the retreat. Um, I came to North Dakota 12 years ago um, after a career as a lawyer in the state of Delaware. Um, I'm delighted. I love North Dakota. It's my home, and it's been so exciting to have a chance to connect uh, with the, the community here and the legal community, but then also the broader uh, North Dakota uh, public. Um, I also uh, be- became a Catholic four years ago. This is what we were on the program several years with my wife about our journey to the church after many years as a evangelical Protestant. Um, and that also will connect with the things that we'll be talking about today about Thomas More and how I came to have a, a greater appreciation for St. Thomas More as the patron saint of lawyers. I suppose that was a bit of a stretch for you to, you know, coming from the evangelical world to praying to, for the intercession of the saints. Absolutely. It was, it was a, a great, amazing journey. Um, I know what it's like on both sides with life with the sacraments and, and life before that. Um, and I, I came to, actually was Justice Scalia's passing back in 2016 that sort of launched that exploration um, as I had such admiration for him as a justice of the Supreme Court and and kind of learning about his life and his faith and actually seeing the eulogy that uh, his son, uh, Father Paul Scalia, did uh, was something that really lighted a fire, lit a fire in me to actually dig into and learn more about the faith. Right. As I recall, Doreen, that, lit, that eulogy lit a fire under you as well. It really did. And I think Father Paul Scalia is one of the writers for the Catholic thing. Yes. And I love when I see his name as the author of the article. They're yeah, beautiful. The yeah. I love his work as well. I love the Catholic thing. Yeah, and I think his daughter also writes a lot. I think I see her uh, once in a while on the uh, on the New Advent website, which is kind of a hub for Catholic uh, uh, articles and things like that. Absolutely. Well, um, I guess uh, back to the script. As a professor of law, yes. How has St. Thomas More been an important patron of yours? And I know you're a member of the St. Thomas More Society. I am, too. Yes. And uh, actually, there's quite a number of them, uh, you know, in North Dakota. There are. And I was delighted to see that as well. Um, Could we back up just a moment for any listener that might not have a clue who St. Thomas More is and why he would be the patron saint of attorneys? Of course. So St. Thomas More um, is canonized a saint in 1935 by Pope Pius XI. Uh, he uh, was a 16th century uh, statesman, lawyer um, in England. 
Uh, he was the, actually the Lord Chancellor of England, which is the highest legal post uh, in the country. Um, and he's most known for um, and became um, martyred at the hand of Henry VIII, uh, King Henry VIII, uh, for specifically because he refused to acknowledge King Henry VIII under the oath of supremacy as the uh, supreme head of the church in England. So it was a deep matter of conscience for him. Uh, Henry VIII had uh, defied the pope at the time by uh, uh, burying Anne Boleyn and uh, claiming that it was legitimate, where it also had refused to accept the legitimacy of the marriage to Anne Boleyn uh, because of his faith and of, of the defiance that King Henry was, was placing against the pope. Um, and he then resigned as the Lord Chancellor, was arrested, um, put in prison in the Tower of London, um, condensing a lot of history, uh, but then ultimately was executed for refusing to take the – well, first refusing to take the oath, and then he was the victim of perjured testimony, uh, which claimed that he had actually uh, uh, said something that was treasonous. Uh, his main uh, – uh, mode, though, was to uh, refuse and to t- be silent in the face of that. He looked for an avenue to comply with the rule of law, to not defy the law, but comply, but that he would not refuse with his uh, well-formed Catholic conscience um, as, as a Christian. He would not uh, say something that he believed was not true. The Lion in Winter, I think, is the movie that's based on... Am I right? A about man that? for all seasons. Nah, Sorry, Lion yes. in Winter is something else. Yes. Okay, I was trying to think. You know, what was it? And I thought, okay, yeah, that's it. That's, no. And I had seen A Man for All Seasons um, before. It's a 1966 film. It won Academy Award for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Paul Schofield portraying Thomas More won Best Actor. Um, so I had seen the film, but I watched it again in greater appreciation. Read the play. Uh, I also uh, just became a Catholic in 2018. I had also been teaching a course on advanced legal ethics and had used that film uh, at the law school as part of uh, a, represent- a representation of the uh, act of conscience, the dissenter, someone who tries to comply with the law but then will refuse to to mm-hmm. violate the, or their conscience in the right. face of it. Yeah, because my understanding was like, just sign the paper and you're all clear. I mean, and his friends, I know, I know he was noted for his sense of humor, and one of his friends said, you know, just sign the paper, come along with us for fellowship. Yes. And then his response, I'm not sure that I can get it right. It's like, like so when you, uh, when I am condemned to hell for what I do, would you come along with me for fellowship? Exactly. Like something to that. It's a classic line from the mm-hmm. film, and... Uh, by the way, your, your son Connor took that class from me in 2014, um, and uh, actually he gave me okay to say this. He got the high grade in that class. Oh, he did. <laughs> way to go, Connor! Which is hard earned. <laughs> he he certainly didn't follow his follow his father in that regard. That is not true, um, Mike. How do the students respond to you using that film and that example? in a secular university? No, thank you, Doreen. It's a great question. Yes, um, receive it well. It's the, the finale of the semester. So I worked through various uh, questions of uh, philosophy of law, um, the role of dissenter. We talked about Martin Luther King Jr. and his role as a dissenter um, and standing up for his beliefs. Socrates uh, from ancient Greece. Um, so by that time, they're, they're seeing there's a whole series of different figures in history that they can look to. And Thomas More is you kind know, of the pinnacle for the semester to show that we have many, many students of faith. And I think it shows them that they, too, um, even at a secular law school, can study and explore the meaning of their faith 
for their uh, for their practice of law and for becoming a lawyer. So that's something that's, uh, I think, very important um, to have that opportunity for students, and they seem to really receive it well. You know, a few months ago, we interviewed a federal judge. Um, he was from was he from out east. Yeah, it was from yeah from yeah. Virginia. I and feast of St. Thomas More every year. He shows that to his staff. Yeah. He invites them to to watch right. it. Yeah. And I think in law school, you know. The idea of conscience and that, you know, being, you know, following that, you know, uh, very strictly because, in, you know, the kind of the modern perception now with the law is, well, there's always a way around it. Right. You know, but I guess there are places where you can go where it's like there is no way around this one. I have to follow my conscience. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's also important to note that um, speaking of modern views of, of, of these issues, uh, there's a tendency to think of conscience today as sort of personal autonomy, me just doing what I think. Right. I'm going to do what I think is right. That's my conscience. The Catholic understanding, Moore's understanding as a Catholic of conscience is very different. It's a well-formed conscience that's grounded in God's truth, grounded in the Word of God, grounded in the teachings of the Church. And what he talks about, um, you know, it being my belief, what he means is, is I feel it in my heart because God has placed it there. In other words, it's something that is meaningful specifically to me and i must act on it but it has objective reality it's grounded in god's truth and the formation that goes by studying and reflecting on and being taught the word of god it's kind of like the kind of our misconception of freedom you know freedom is not what we want to do it's what we ought to do Exactly. And so that we can remain free. That's right. <laughs> right, exactly. But, it's, but that subjective part of it is that I've made it my own because God has told that me to that. I need to act on it, and I'm responsible for acting on it because it's a truth that God has placed in me. Right. Yeah, conscience, you know, that, that thing that's telling you, sorry, you're, this is how you should behave in this situation. Let's say, darn it. <laughs> that's right. It's a truth that, the truth that, it, that empowers you and, and allows you to then react appropriately to resist evil and to do the good mm-hmm. right yeah and uh but that well-formed you know we don't form our consciences by watching netflix we don't form our consciences by reading comic books we well maybe if they're, <laughs> if they're if they have a good moral but there's a way to form our consciences precisely right yeah and i think a lot of people overlook that aspect of it you know the well-formed conscience mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's you know critical yeah. Okay. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, it's something that uh, maybe we can talk about a little bit more after the break when we talk about because you're here to talk about this retreat on uh, conscience and courage, and so we we'll do that after the break, which is uh, coming up uh, right now in just a couple of seconds. So we'll remind our listeners that you're listening to Real Presence Live. We're talking to to Michael McGinnis about. Uh, St. Thomas More, and also we'll be talking after the break about the Conscience and Courage Law Retreat that's uh, coming up shortly uh, here in North Dakota. So stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know 
a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish, one who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family, Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Welcome back, Real Presence Radio. Welcome back, Real Presence Radio listeners. It's a little bit of a boo-boo, I think, that just happened. Um, uh, We are in the middle of a wonderful conversation with... Um, Michael McGinnis from the UND Law School, where he is a professor and former dean. And we are very excited to um, have him share with us his work with students. And particularly, we've been talking about well-formed conscience and how that applies to um, the legal profession and life in general. And now um, we're going to get into kind of the purpose that Michael is here today. He's been here other times, but... I'm, oh, that's right. I was going to tell a joke. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sitting here with bated breath. Yeah, I'm looking right. forward to I'm it. not even okay. sure what bated breath is. It sounds like it smells like fish or something like that. <laughs> okay. So, how, oh, so it's back to school week in Fargo and probably other school districts. So, I decided to use the theme of back to school. So, how do you get straight A's? Either one of you are welcome to. Take a stab at it. Well, you have lines on your paper, and you make sure you put it on the line. Sounds good to me. That's close. You use a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, that's no. funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time. That's now. why I told it. Yeah. <laughs> i give that one a day. Okay. <laughs> Straight A. All right. Okay. So, we're 
Michael is going to tell us about an exciting event that's coming up very soon in the Fargo Diocese, but not limited to the Fargo Diocese. Um, and it's worth traveling here for. Absolutely. Yes, it, will be. Mm-hmm. It, it is called Conscience and Courage in the Law. Um, and it'll be on September 23rd, in, starting in the evening, and then go through the morning of Sunday, the 25th. Um, the, the joint organizer with me is Father Luke Meyer, uh, who was formerly at the UND Newman Center, was a great mentor to me when I was new to the Catholic faith, um, just a good friend. Um, he actually came up with the idea and asked if I'd be interested in helping to, to work on it together. And uh, we've continued that, even though he's now the pastor at St. Anne's of Joachim in, mm-hmm. um, in Fargo, which, uh, which is wonderful. Um, and, uh, but we miss him at UND, but uh, he's, he's doing wonderful work there. Uh, so we're working on that together. It's, a, uh, it's an event that's uh, designed to explore uh, questions of conscience and, of course, courage. Uh, not just it's in the law specifically, but it's also um, ways in which you can take these principles and be resistant in our culture to this desire to conform or to say that you – um, you need to do to check your your principles and your morals at the door that you can be the Catholic um, that you should be in god's in god 's will um, whatever setting you 're in so we we use Thomas More as the study. We have several speakers coming in from who are nationally prominent speakers on thomas More uh, the de- uh, steve smith who dr steve smith who 's the Dean of Humanities at Hillsdale College in Michigan is the, um, the director of the Center for Thomas More Studies at University of Dallas, which is a Catholic school. Um, we also have two, two lawyers uh, coming in who are longtime speakers on More and have written a book uh, called Inside the Mind of Thomas More, His Witness and His Writings. That's um, Lewis Carlin and David Oakley, tremendous um, individuals. So great lineup of speakers. And I'll be humbly speaking as well on one of the panels, which I'm excited about. Um, and uh, But it's going to be a great weekend of time. Uh, it's Primarily was uh, being organized with lawyers, judges, and law students in mind, and we have some scholarships available uh, on a need base for for law students and for recent graduates of law school. But it's really is op- it's open to anyone who's interested in this uh, topic and and thinking about these questions of conscience and applying them in a even more challenging environment today than we've had um, in the, in America. And this retreat is at the Sticklestead Lodge, which you might want to mention is. Uh, near Lisbon, North Dakota. Yes, and it's a very beautiful setting. I've been there, and uh, you know, it uh, for a retreat center, it's really nice. And I, you know, I think people would really enjoy just the setting, the the opportunity to get away into a rural area. It's beautiful. I I was there um, in July of 2021 with uh, the Made for Greatness retreat that the Diocese of Fargo put on, and I love it. I'm so excited to be going back. Uh, the cabins are there. There's, it's a great lodge that's that's there at a, at a beautiful chapel. Um, so mass will be provided. We have the Saturday mass as well. Um, uh, opportunities for liturgy of the hours and for uh, prayer time, confessions. So it's a it's a combination of learning, fellowship, um, worship uh, together um, in order to encourage uh, those and, and bring people together to to uh, to participate. Can uh, listeners go online to learn more or to register? Yes, they can. There's a website that Father Luke set up. He's our tech expert. Uh, <laughs> it's www.conscienceandcourage.org. Um, make sure I have that correct. Yes, I do. So um, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to – you could go there. You can find out about the speakers, about the, uh, the schedule and, the, and what we have going on, a beautiful photos of the lodge. 
Um, and if you're a North Dakota lawyer, um, or you can also get continuing legal education credit for mm-hmm. doing that. So uh, that's also an opportunity that's there if that's of interest. Excellent. And during the break, Mike, you mentioned that this isn't um, exclusively for men. That's right. And it's not exclusively for lawyers. Is, could you say a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Yeah. We, 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 there are several women who have already signed up. Um, we would love to have more. Um, we, they'll have separate cabins. There's four in a cabin, so there'll be uh, separate facilities for, for men and women. Um, and also for non-lawyers or those who are it's, – it's, it's a great opportunity to, to engage in the study, to be able to be at this beautiful setting – September is a great time to be at the lodge. It's not if you're not so much wanting the cold. It's before that season. The fall is beautiful, um, so I think that'd be a great opportunity for many people. I don't think we've mentioned the specific dates. Yep. Ah, September 23rd, uh, which is a Friday, coming in late afternoon when it starts up, and then uh, going through Sunday morning. Oh, and that that last part of September is going to be glorious out there. Yes, absolutely. You know, you know, the leaves will be turning. I don't know at that point in time. At that point of the year, you know, they, they it might be early, but on the other hand, it uh, could be at the height too as well. So, absolutely. Mike, what what might someone outside of the legal profession glean from this? What what how would this influence a person's life or way of living? I think it's a by example, such as say Thomas More who. Um, was uh, in an environment where he was under tremendous pressure to conform. Um, he was had, he had he had accomplished much. He had put in so much work to attain where he had gone, and but he would not um, sacrifice uh, the dictates of what God was telling him to do was right. And I think as we see this with uh, federal law changing um, under the you know current administration. Uh, pressures to say you must speak a certain way, you must say or at least appear to be believing certain things that you don't believe. I think it's a great way to, to see an example and share with others who are interested in learning about that and learn from their experiences, too. How have you met those challenges in your work environment? Um, and, and then it could educate you and help you reflect on how you, too, could meet those types of challenges should they arise. I love the title, Conscience and Courage. Um, you, you talked a little bit about that. But could you say some more about why why did you choose courage as the... The, the having a, a well-formed conscience is extremely important. That's the base and foundation. But the virtue of courage to act on it, to actually carry that out into the world, not say, this is what I know and believe is true and right, but to actually take those steps, exercise the, a goodwill and do those things, that's the courage that comes in, to be willing to be different, to be willing to stand out, to be willing to be the only one, perhaps, of a group of many people who are not doing what um, the world is asking, asking of you, demanding that you do. So being able to, that takes, uh, but also courage along with uh, the ability to have fe- fellowship is a way to say we're not, we may feel alone, but we're not alone. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. fellow believers in the church who can yeah. encourage us, literally encourage us right. uh, to, to stand strong. Mm-hmm. Need- and, and even not in the workplace, sometimes it's as basic as in our extended families Absolutely. that we need that courage to to speak according to our conscience. I mean, when you think of courage and social media, yes. I mean, then the intensity of the courage that you need to go out to speak up, you know, even outside the social media context, because you'll get blasted on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you say something even outside, uh, you know, it takes a, a lot of courage to speak up because, you, you know, you can get canceled in a heartbeat. Absolutely. And uh, it's happening all over the place. And so... Uh, it's uh, it, 
this is a timely retreat, to say the mm-hmm. least. Now, my understanding is uh, it's filling up, but you do have uh, yes. uh, places left. So for any listener who is interested in, in attending, I would uh, recommend that they uh, get online and, uh, and register soon because uh, there is limited space. Yes, there is. There, the, the cabin space is limited, but there's also alternative lodging if you don't necessarily want to stay at a cabin for whatever reason. Uh, there's a local Super super 8, I believe, that Father Lucas said there's nearby uh, where you can get alternative arrangements. And so you can check those, those options out as well. Okay. Well, that's very good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for someone who might be listening and they want to fly into Fargo, how long does it take to drive from Fargo to Lisbon? An hour and 20 minutes oh, okay. uh, to, to, to Fort Ransom specifically is where it's located. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's very close yeah. to Lisbon. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you'll want to have the coordinates on your GPS because it's, <laughs> it, it, it's not just, you know, three miles out of town. You got to take a few rights and lefts, or as they say out in the rural area, east and west and north and south. Yes. Exactly. Could you repeat the, the web address again for our listeners? Yes. So that they and can, the dates. And the dates. Yes. Yeah. So it's, www.conscience, and so all together, courage, C-O-U-R-A-G-E, dot org. Excellent. Okay, and that's September... September 23rd. 23rd. Which is a Friday, which it starts in the evening with a... A greeting and a, and a reception and then a dinner and a supper and then a mm. talk that night from Dr. Smith. And then it's all day Saturday and then Sunday morning we finish with, with breakfast and mass. Right. Excellent. And, you know, we have some non-Catholic listeners. I would imagine you'd be open to... Absolutely. Great opportunity to come and learn. If yeah. you're a seeker, if you're someone who's um, not yet entered the church but are... Say you're an RCIA, you're interested in learning more about uh, the, the saint and about uh, these concepts, then... Yeah. Well, all, all welcome. Yeah, or else someone who's just kind of looking to how do I live a Christian life in the current culture? And yes. what is the cost of the retreat, Mike? It is three hundred seventy-five dollars, all inclusive. All inclusive. So it includes the registration, the food, the lodging. Um, it's if you have alternative lodging, um, then it's two hundred ninety. Oh. So if you're staying at a hotel or something separate, uh, or if you're commuting in for whatever reason, you mm-hmm. just want to go back and forth. Uh, so yes, so it's a we we tried our best to keep it manageable, but mm-hmm. also provide a great opportunity for these great speakers. Okay, Excellent. wonderful. Well, thanks for being with us today, yes. Michael. This has been a, a fun interview, and I hope we can have you and your wife on again. So, but for our listeners, we want you to stay tuned because there's more to come on Real Presence Live, and we're going to be talking in the next half hour about what is women's role in the new evangelization, and we'll be talking about. That on the other side of the break, so stay with us, and we'll also have some more hilarity with Doreen. (laughs) Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 